0: but we're here for a real education deed, 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 deedley, deed. welcome to a real education I'm your host Tim Wick I am joined as always by my co-host Queen of all movies Melissa Kersher. <laughs> oh, hello and I guess pawn of all Pian. movies uh, <laughs> Jenny it, Young.
1: I- hey, that's me
0: yes. And we are here this week to watch The Maltese Falcon. Yes! Ooh. We've talked about this one before as a movie that we were going to yes. get to. So and now
2: we are getting to here it. Here we
0: are. We're here. We're at it. We yes. got to The Maltese Falcon. Woo-hoo. So, Jenna, uh, yes. of course, what we need to do first is have you tell us what you know about The Maltese Falcon.
1: Okay. Maltese Falcon is a detective story uh, that all happens around this... Uh, uh, uh statue or stuffed bird or something. Um and I know that part because I always thought in like uh cartoons like Animaniacs and stuff would have like a little ripoff thingy of like Mel Tier's Falcon except it'd be like the the, the 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 fluffy duck or something. And uh um or no, it was it was uh 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 one of the baby Looney Tunes things anyway so uh so there's there is uh, those kind of things and um, anyway my uh and it's like 1940s ish okay. somewhere yep. around there mm-hmm. uh, so it's got that that whole classic thing to it and um I believe it follows all of the the detective tropes that you find in stuff nowadays where you've got and the dame walked in and there's like cigarettes smoking all over. <laughs> That's what I know and/or think about it.
2: Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Uh,
0: lots to do with Animaniacs and Tiny yeah. Toons. Yes,
1: yeah. Tiny uh, Toons.
0: Tiny Toons. <laughs> I have a uh, just just as a as an aside. Well, no, I should save this for when we talk later about the about the okay. Maltese Falcon. So, uh, what, what should we share up front? Uh, this this movie. It is, it
2: is indeed from the 1940s.
0: From the 1940s.
2: It it is a very famous film noir. Yes! Uh, some some people cite it as the first true film noir, but I don't agree with that because uh, 20,000 Years of Sing Sing was, like, 1932. But anyway, it, it is a very... It, it, it is... Like, a very, very classic film noir. Like, right. okay. it's hard to get more film noir than this movie. Okay. It has some,
0: uh, a lot of actors we've seen before. Uh, a lot of really well-known character actors.
2: Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Humphrey Bogart. Very good. Yes. 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 Very good. In fact, in fact, like, half the cast of Casablanca is in this thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It, it It's almost the same same cast as Casablanca. Or it will seem that way. Uh, At at certain times. Yeah. Um, And yes, uh, Humphrey Bogart is in this film, uh, and uh, I think arguably this is one of the films that establishes him as a uh,
2: top-of-the-shelf star. Yeah, this is is the movie that made Humphrey Bogart Humphrey Bogart. He, He was certainly in movies before this time, but this was the movie that cemented him as... The persona of okay. Humphrey Bogart. And this is the movie that got him roles like Casablanca and Treasure of the Sierra okay. Madre and everything. All right. that.
0: And all the other movies that, that made Humphrey Bogart, who Humphrey Bogart is, to mm-hmm. fans of classic film. So that's, that's really important. Um, it's also, got, well, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the MacGuffin, I think, again, mm-hmm. when, we, when, we, uh, when we come back. But uh, I think, you know, the best thing that I can can say about it is is this is a movie that really kind of kind of has some of the more amazing performances I think you're going to see um, in in film of this era. It's just all really solid uh, character actors, and then a really solid lead in Humphrey Bogart all coming together around a story which is written by Dashiell Hammett Mm -hmm. who's very well known uh, and does influence uh, the influence the noir genre a lot the author Dashiell Hammett so we'll uh, we'll probably visit something that comes from a Hammett story again uh, as there are a lot of really good movies that come from Dashiell Hammett this is probably the most well known Mm -hmm. so We're going to go away. We're going to watch the movie. If you're listening to this podcast, perhaps you want to hit pause and watch the movie yourself. Uh, Because it's awesome. Or you've already seen the movie and you're just going to listen to the snippet of music that I stick in there like I do on every podcast. And then uh, in like magic, we will return and Jenna will suddenly know so much more about the movie than she did before. (laughs) It's magic.
1: I think I know a decent amount this time. You you did pretty well Compare it Compared to what do you know about this movie? Uh,
0: The point is you'll know more.
1: I you will know more. more about this movie <laughs> because you will have
0: seen it. And that's a big, big step <laughs> that, that beyond really does seem like where it. Yes. you are right now. So uh, <laughs> we will be back in a little bit and enjoy the movie. Welcome back. We've just finished watching *The Maltese Falcon*. <laughs> we even saw a Maltese Falcon, although was it the Maltese Falcon? Oh, we'll never know. Uh, so, uh, Jenna, well, let's we'll just go right into it. What did you think of the movie?
1: It was everything I could have hoped it would be in more. <laughs> Everything. Wow.
0: There was I mean there was there, a falcon. There
1: was there was a falcon, there was a dame, there was detective work, there was betrayal, there was cigarette smoke, it was black and white. It was pretty much everything that I could have hoped for. It's, so it's, much
2: smoking. So, so much
1: smoking.
0: Pretty much the quintessential noir film. So yeah. Spade is is the hard boiled detective, pretty much unflappable. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the women are interested in him, but he's not interested in any of the women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's just a classic role, and it's it's the role that pretty much defines Humphrey Bogart
2: and his career forevermore. Yeah, uh,
0: which you know, and it it's kind of interesting. You watch Bogart and. Uh, he was really a very good actor, even mm-hmm. though you know a lot of people would say, well, he played kind of the same character over and over again. Uh, the African Queen, he won Best Actor. And if you watch The African Queen, it's a really different oh, very character different. from what you expect of hum- yeah. Humphrey Bogart. Um, much more, I don't know, cheerful.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, very, very different and uh, a delightful movie, also directed by John Huston
0: who directed this film, John Huston. And I think this is our first John Huston film, but it won't be our last. And it is
2: also the first John Huston film, Mm -hmm. period. Uh, John Huston is a uh, director of... Great in renown, and uh, this was his first movie, and he worked until the mid-'80s. Yeah. And he passed oh, wow. away in, uh, like, 1987. Father but of Angelica <laughs> Houston. Father of Angelica away. Houston, yeah. son of Walter Houston, who actually has a small cameo in the film as the guy who comes in with the parcel, the captain.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Jacoby. Jacoby. Yes,
2: and who
0: will appear in other films by John Houston, uh, in larger notably, roles.
2: Notably, uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Yeah.
0: So uh, the having read the book uh, I will say this movie is a remarkably faithful adaptation of the book it's okay. it's,
2: yeah. it's like line practically by line
0: line by line I mean the dialogue oh, is almost exactly the same the entire the the, the the thing that they have to do you know you miss some of the narration if you read the book that 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 hardboiled detective narration that's so familiar in noir sure. it's all in there because it's a first person and you're hearing Sam Spade narrate the story yeah. Um, The other thing that's interesting, we talk about the Hays Code a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And you've got Laurie's character, Cairo, who in the book is absolutely blatantly gay. Sure. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, he also is absolutely blatantly gay, but they can't ever say it. Yeah. So when he comes in, the first thing they do is have him sit in a chair and look like he's giving a blowjob
2: to his cane. Yes, and then there's <laughs> the thing with the, his perfumed handkerchief. You know, yeah, the, the card smells like gardenias. Gardenias, and when
0: he smells the person, the the, the handkerchief, there's that music cue. Yeah, the the, the violin starts, like... <laughs> which is your your cue that
2: hmm, this guy. Yeah. Is get. He is gay. He's a little light in the loafers. He's a little
0: light yeah. light in the loafers. And it's it's fun to watch how they they subtly mm-hmm. tell you those things that they can't blatantly
2: yeah. say yeah.
0: say out loud. Um the the casting of Mary Aster is sometimes criticized. She's a very good actress, uh, but the character from the book is eighteen. Oh
2: yeah.
0: And she's very clearly in her thirties. Yeah.
2: Oh d- if not older. I, I I didn't calculate her age, but Mary Astor was a very 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 famous silent film actress. Her career started in 1920, oh. so by this time she'd been acting in movies for like 23 years. Wow! Yeah. So yeah,
0: she could she yeah probably was even in if not in her forties, very close to it. So. Yeah, sure. Uh, she did, but I mean she does an excellent job. It was an interesting choice uh, because the the character when you when you listen to the dialogue. Uh, she seems like she should be younger. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: sure.
0: And her behavior seems like she should be younger. Yeah. So.
2: Um, although this movie gets, al- or at least when it was released, it got a lot of mileage out of the fact that Mary Astor had been, like, the center of a number of scandals by this point in her career. Like, Ooh, uh... Like, she'd been married many, many times, and, like, one of her diaries was released, and it, detailed all of her affairs with a lot of other people and like Uh by the point that when they were making this movie she was having an affair with john houston uh uh, you know so all that she was kind of big in the news and so that kind of fed into the fame of this film at the time Mm -hmm. yeah i
0: mean unlike a lot of the movies that we watched this film was successful on on first release Mm -hmm. uh very popular it was a and you're correct me, I, I didn't look this up, and I meant to look it up while we were watching the film. It is not the first
2: it is not the first of the
0: Maltese Falcon.
2: This is the third Maltese Falcon. Oh. So it's one of the things I bring up when people say, remakes are terrible. No, no, actually, there are ways to do remakes well. This is actually the third version of Maltese Falcon. The first one came out in 1931. Uh, there was a one called, in 1936 that was called Satan Metal Lady. And then, so this was the third production of it. What oh, was wow. the
0: year that this film came
2: out, Remind? Uh, me? I want to say 1943. Yeah, so. Uh, but uh, the the interesting thing about the first two productions is that the studio kind of weaseled them into a happy ending. Because everybody wants a happy ending, of course. I see. And this is the one that stuck to the ending from the book. Nice.
0: And the ending from the book, he absolutely turns her over. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and, and, you know, it's the right ending.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It really <laughs> you know, is. Sam Spade yeah.
0: is not gonna play the sap for a girl. Yeah. No. Nope. And if she killed his partner, then yeah. he's gonna he's gonna send her over and that's that's Sam Spade. Uh the and you know, the interesting I don't think there has been a unless it's like a, there's probably been a made for T V version of this story. But pretty much they made this movie and now there hasn't been a remake of the well, Maltese well, Falcon.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Because they pretty much did it as well as they were gonna do it. Um <laughs> Another one of Dashiell Hammett's books, uh, Red Harvest, I think is the name of it, Mm -hmm. is adapted into a film called Yojimbo uh, by Akira Kurosawa, Mm -hmm. and uh, which is then, and we have to do this as a double feature, we really do, which is then adapted into a film called A Fistful of Dollars by Sergio Leone. But it's also been adapted into about... A half a dozen other films. The one that I am most fond of because it is so gloriously awful is a movie called The Warrior and the Sorceress.
2: Oh, God, that
0: from one. A, from the um, it's either late 1970s or early 1980s yeah. with David Carradine oh. in this fantasy future Uh and it's, just, it's yeah.
2: this oh, sounds it's delightful it's
0: so oh. awfully bad
2: yeah we'll and just have to spend a year watching versions of versions Red Harvest versions of, of
0: that of Red Harvest <laughs> and there's it's, also another one that's the most close to the original uh, starring Bruce Willis which is also almost unwatchable <laughs> um,
2: but I love Bruce Willis.
0: I, I like Bruce Willis too, and <laughs> but he
2: can be in some terrible, terrible. And he movies. he was in he a really can be in bad. Some terrible, so, terrible
0: so that's that's you know Dashiell Hammett again okay. a lot. But but here, Maltese Falcon, they make the Maltese Falcon, and nobody's futzing with that story again, right? Um, yeah. yeah, because yeah. they pretty much nail it. That's why um, I
1: didn't have any more children. I stopped at one because. The one I had was perfect. So well, yeah, you yeah. know, same thing, same thing. Yeah.
0: So Peter Lorre and Sydney Greenstreet, of course, we saw yes. in Casablanca, and mm-hmm. we see
2: here. Yeah. And in fact, they made, I think, a total of ten movies together. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, there, there was actually uh, supposed to be a sequel to this film. Did you know about this one? I didn't know that. Yeah, they were initially, <laughs> uh, you know, since the studio. It, wh- happened to be Warner Brothers who made the Animaniacs and... and well, okay, TV. yeah. And, so, and thus the uh, cartoon references. That, that's all of
1: the references. Um, it was the Jade Duck. The Jade I Duck. I remember. <laughs> sure. It was sure. the Jade yes. Duck. The
2: Jade Duck. But anyway, um, there was supposed to be a sequel to this uh, featuring uh, Peter Laurie and Cindy Greenstreet called The Three Strangers, and the studio was developing it with, all the, with the characters from The Maltese Falcon. Oh. And then Hammett popped up and said... You know, even though you guys own the rights to the Maltese Falcon, you don't own the rights to the characters, and so they rewrote the script and made. They, huh. they still made a movie called The Three Strangers, but it's not. But it's not that. okay. But it, yeah. and it and it still does have Peter Lorre and Sydney Greenstreet.
1: Oh huh. well, there you go. So hooray! <laughs>
2: yeah. So they yeah they they were in
0: a they were Ugh. very good character actors. Ugh. Peter Lorre yeah. was. German, yes. Yeah. So he uh, came
2: from the German Expressionist era. He was making really? like, silent, silent movies and early sound movies in Germany, Aww. and he came over here. I can't remember if he f- fled, you know, in the wake of the Nazis or even before sure. that, because I know he was already in the United States when Billy Wilder came over. Oh, okay. yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah. He, as you can tell from his rather distinctive accent, he's yeah. certainly not American.
0: Yeah, but yeah. it's interesting because his accent doesn't sound German either. He no. has this fascinating accent that you, you really can't place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but it is very distinctive. I oh, mean, yeah. Obviously, he's one of the more regularly impersonated uh, yeah. actors mm-hmm. of that era simply because he is so distinctive yep. in his. Uh, tone and the tone of his voice and the accent of his voice but just um always so noticeable in films yeah.
2: Yeah. he's a tremendous character actor
0: you know you think about casablanca and you know a lot of people think talk about that that role that Laurie has in casablanca he's in the movie on screen for like, maybe 3 or 4 minutes yeah you know we meet him and then he goes away and gets killed yep you know that's yeah. That's all, and yet he has an unmistakable stamp on Casablanca. You can't think about Casablanca without thinking about Peter Laurie in that film. Yeah. Sidney Greenstreet isn't in the film for much more than Peter Laurie. And again, he is such an iconic character actor, so good at at inhabiting the role that he's mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm.
2: you just can't help but notice him. Which and, and Sidney Greenstreet, this was also his first movie. Sidney Greenstreet had a 40 year career on the stage by the time he got to this film. So he was okay. this tried and true actor, but he had never been in movies before. I believe, yeah.
0: He was, he and was wow. 60 and he, by the time he was Yeah, in Green yeah.
2: Green Green he was over 60. And, and he was terrified, apparently, <gasps> on the set. You know, he, he just kept calling over Mary Astor, like, hold my hand. I'm nervous. <laughs> <Aww>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> he said it in some <sighs> eloquent way, as, well, as the new Wheat Green Street is wont to do. So yeah, yeah I so, do love that character. Oh so, my goodness! Yeah, he's he's so wonderful. Oh. And Green Street and the character—it's just this perfect mm-hmm. marriage. It he's and, really such
0: a—he's such a sleaze bag.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but he's such an eloquent sleaze he's bag. So, yeah. He's, He's classy about it. Really
0: the only one yeah. the only person in that movie you can trust is the kid with the two guns. I mean he's an idiot. Yeah,
1: yes. yeah he's a moron. Least, but yeah, no worries. stands. But at least he's not <laughs> pretending to be something that he's pocket. not. I mean yeah. Green
0: Street's trying to be this erudite uh, man of man of letters when mm-hmm. really he's he's just a crook.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, you know, obviously there's nothing Mary Astor's character says that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much I probably yeah. ever I don't yeah. know I don't know there's any point that she's 100% honest throughout the entire film
2: mm-hmm. the, um, the secretary you can trust oh yeah
0: you know what I'm talking about the, the main crook group yeah, they, they're but, just yeah there. that's
2: true that's so true. so I
0: gotta say that uh, this is sort of a, a story about the Maltese Falcon and then then we'll talk a little bit uh, we'll, we'll talk MacGuffin for a little bit mm-hmm. but,
1: uh, I actually know the term MacGuffin
0: well you do we've talked about it in yeah, relationship to Hitchcock mm-hmm. um but uh, the uh, Maltese Falcon is this uh, this iconic prop, and uh, Pat and I went on a, a trip on the Disney cruise ship, the Dream, and they have a they have a this bar where you wait to get seated in in, in one of their swank restaurants, huh. and uh, in the cabinet of the bar, they just have sort of these weird decorations that are there just to to be there. And one of the decorations that they have in the cabinet is a replica of the Maltese Falcon. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever tells you. I mean we went on a tour of the ship and they, they were like, well, well look over here and there's some there's some things that that remind you of famous films. And we're like, ooh, there's the Maltese Falcon. They're like, yes that is the Maltese Falcon and it was it's so awesome you're like I want to reach in there and I want to pick it up
2: and I want to see if
0: it's as heavy as I think it is because
2: you you want to you want to take a pen knife and just scrape scrape at at it it and go it's lead it's lead it's a fake
0: (laughs) so so, yeah we talk about the MacGuffin and I think the Maltese Falcon may be one of the best examples of a MacGuffin yeah it
2: it is a perfect MacGuffin
0: Uh, all of these characters want it
2: yep it doesn't matter what it is, but everybody wants it, and it sets the story in motion. Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of things about this movie that are very Hitchcockian. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, be, between the, the use of the MacGuffin, the the way it's shot, it's very heavily storyboarded. Yeah. Um, there's this one shot that lasts for seven minutes unbroken, and it it's told very visually there there are a lot of things that are very reminiscent of hitchcock it, but you know this is 1943 and hitch was still in britain making movies and hadn't become hitchcock hitchcock you, you know on the america on <laughs> sure. the american side so well, one, it's, one can it's imagine interesting.
0: perhaps that this movie had some influence yeah,
2: on yeah. well there on well there were certain i mean the, the the concept of the MacGuffin, you know predates this but you know there, there was definitely some crosstalk going on. Sure.
0: Yeah. So it's uh, the and I think the Falcon is just one. I remember talking to my parents about this movie before I ever saw it. You know, because when when I was young, in the days of my youth, uh, we we didn't <laughs> so have VCRs yet. You Aww. know, so basically <laughs> you only got to see a classic movie if it came around in revival. Sure. Or if it was on television. And I remember talking to my parents about the Maltese Falcon. And, you know, I would ask them about the Maltese Falcon. Well, what's the Maltese Falcon? And they, they just kept, well, it doesn't matter. It's what, it's what the characters are trying to get. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, at the end of the movie, it, it, you, you kind of recognize how irrelevant this thing was. Yeah. All it exists to do is to get all of these people in trouble. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so that's um, kind of cool. Another interesting piece of trivia about the Falcons. They were, there were several props for the Falcon, and um, at least three of them still exist in, in various collections here and there, and each of them is valued over a million dollars, which means each of the props are now worth more than it costs the movie to be made. Wow.
1: <laughs> Also more yeah. than they quoted in the movie.
2: Also more than they quoted in the movie.
1: I really want yeah. to know
0: where you can see one of these real Falcons. Yeah. Because, wow, that'd be... You know, and, and the funny thing is, and this is an odd thing about movie memorabilia, that replica of the Falcon that I saw on the, on the Disney cruise ship probably looks pretty much identical to the real
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Falcons that still exist. And yet... It would it's still um, be kind of awesome to see one of the real Maltese yeah. yeah. coffins.
2: One of them is dented because one of the actors dropped it. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's one that has the penknife scratches on. Oh, it sure. Some. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and then there's one that's that's intact. Whether. Well, uh,
2: and then there's one that actually is made of gold and encrusted with jewels. That's actually, crazy. Actually, there is. What? What? One, what? one what? got one got made for the 1997 Academy Awards or something like that. It was actually on display at the theater. Like somebody had it custom made. <gasps> but yeah, it was like jewel encrusted. <gasps> there was like a, wow. a chain with a diamond hanging from yes. it. it. It was worth a bazillion dollars. Ah, this is the best. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody made one. <laughs> that's that's just obnoxious the, yeah there uh, another bit of trivia there was uh there, there was a uh there was actually a real thing that was made in, in 1697 called the niphausen hawk it's it's like a pitcher but it's like gold and jewel encrusted and it's shaped like a hawk and I've heard tell that it's what Maltese Falcon was based on. But huh. it's it's this real thing that was that was made and it's in some private collection somewhere. Oh wow. I
0: yeah. hate private collections. You never get yeah. to see stuff that's in private collections. Yeah. Maybe you get to see it in a picture in a book, but you can't you can't like really get up and squint and walk around it and
1: have like things in their private collection but they'll like loan them out to museums and sure stuff. yeah
0: there are a lot of people who have a private collection that they basically donate to a museum so yeah. it's, it's they just it. still so they can walk into the museum and go that one totally mine
2: yeah 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 i'm taking yeah. it home for the weekend yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm having a party mm.
0: yeah I'm having me a Maltese. I Falcon. want to be
2: that person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: god! <laughs> well, you got a new trivia sheet there, Melissa.
2: Ah, uh, just a couple of little random things, you know. Little the, random things. The, uh, the final line. Well, the second to final line, technically, is you know the stuff that dreams are made of, which is a line yeah. from *The Tempest*. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But te- you know, it's often so cited so as sad. the final line from *Maltese Falcon*, but technically, the final line from *Maltese Falcon* is, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Huh. Yeah. Huh.
0: Huh.
2: huh. I suppose. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, I mean, and we should say the dialogue in this film some lovely, lovely dialogue. Yeah. That, uh.
2: Oh, and also, Dashiell Hammett used to be a Pinkerton. He was one of the. Uh, part of the Pinkertons' detective agency before. becoming a writer and a lot of the characters in his story and therefore this movie were based on people he actually met working as a detective
0: so yeah he had a girlfriend once who killed his partner
2: uh, (laughs) yeah i believe that i mean really it's all
0: autobiographical Yeah. In fact the, the Maltese Falcons were actually taken from his collection because
2: his private collection. <laughs> his <laughs> private collection <laughs>
0: well, I mean, yeah. yeah, you nobody know, wanted the Maltese Falcon. It was just a big old hunk of lead, right? So
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean they, well. they take
0: it for evidence in the trial, but then you know, they don't want to leave it in the evidence room, so they give it to Dashiell Hammond. He writes a book. That a it wasn't name. it wasn't really the Maltese Falcon though. It was, it the, was the the Bur- Burmese
2: Burmese kitten the, hawk. <laughs>
0: that's uh yeah the (laughs) brazilian kestrel Uh, (laughs) um, so yeah uh, anyway I, i guess it is it
2: is time i believe for final thoughts so melissa final thoughts Uh, one of the stories I discovered was that, you know, of course, there's a lot of smoking in this movie. Oh, yeah. And and apparently Warner Brothers at the time didn't want so much smoking in movies because they were worried that people in the audience would crave cigarettes and then go out in the lobby and start smoking and miss the movie. Yeah. So Warner Brothers told... Uh, the actors of this film to not smoke so much and as an act of rebellion they smoked as much as possible. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> Although, I, I, there's something about smoke in noir yeah. films. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I don't care where you are politically, it's just to me the fact that they don't do smoking in films anymore mm-hmm. is kind of a shame because Boy, there's some. Uh, there's there's something,
2: something really atmospheric really... about it, and yes. and the fact that you can't smell it <laughs> from the screen, right. Is, is pr- it's like all the the great things about smoking, you know, except for the death part and and yeah. none of the yeah you know the, you know, the, the um, death um, unpleasant the smell. smells or,
1: yeah, you just you know, watch it.
0: Yeah. So Jenna, final thoughts?
1: Um. Yeah. No, I'm good.
0: <laughs> All right. No final like, thoughts Like now. I'm
1: just full of Yeah that was that was pretty much everything That I was looking for in that type of film
0: Awesome mm-hmm. So my final thoughts of course are to talk about The next movie that we are going to do for this podcast Which is Planes, Trains and Automobiles Yay. And that is going to be a live Recording at what? The Trial on Movie Theater yeah. On the 30th of November, that Yay. is
2: the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Sunday after Thanksgiving,
0: yes. planes, trains, and automobiles come out and join us to watch planes, trains, and automobiles, and then sit down to converse about the film. Mm-hmm. You will still be full of turkey from Thanksgiving dinner, mm-hmm. or maybe
1: leftover turkey sandwiches. Maybe
0: leftover turkey or oh, turkey a la king. Yeah. Uh, Maybe some leftover mashed potatoes. The
1: point is... (laughs) The
0: point is we're going to watch this wonderful Thanksgiving slash holiday movie... Uh, and then we are going to talk about it at the Trilon Theater, and we're Yay. back there after a few months away. So we're looking forward to our return for a live podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation about the Maltese Falcon. I should encourage you, as I have not yet done, to go ahead and comment on our website if you watch the film and you have thoughts. We'd love to hear it. Uh, we, we might even respond. It could happen. It's crazy stuff. So, woo. Uh, we will catch you on our next show, which, uh, if you didn't notice or catch it, will be Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yay. So, Woo-hoo. have a good day. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film
2: fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.